Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Today we're actually starting a series, and I never thought I'd be a series guy, but they have strategy behind them. They, they help us put concepts in boxes in our mind. That's the way our mind works. We actually have these little boxes that we carry things around in. And so this helps. It's like a bucket that you get to carry the water with. So my hope today is that as we start this series, I'm just calling it, we've called it core because it's about our core values, that we're, gonna, we're going to talk about the very center, the very thing that characterizes the resting place, the very thing that is our, if you, you have to use a, uh, I, I would call it the spine of the resting place. It's a, if it's an anatomy example, it's, it's what gives us our center, all right? It's what holds us together. It's the beliefs that tie our, the rest of our body together, amen? So these things are very important. And if we don't understand what honor everyone, empower everyone, and have faith for everyone are, then we'll just, you know, it'll be a cool pump, bumper sticker or an awesome graphic and just... Oh, yeah, we honor everyone, empower everyone, pay for everyone. That's all we do. But if it doesn't actually get into your core, it's not going to happen. That's because every behavior is rooted in a belief. Every single behavior that any human being enacts is rooted in a belief. You might not believe me, but that's probably why you're behaving that way. Every behavior is rooted in a belief. So many times the church has been guilty of behavioral management programs instead of doing the work of God, which is, according to John 6, 29, to believe in the Son whom he has sent. My vanguardist from school knew exactly what was coming. I basically brainwashed them to say that. The work of God is to, that's right. So, we're believers. You're not, you're not a behaviorers. You're believers, you know. You're not, it's been said you're not human doings. You're human beings, right? We're believing something and behaving out of that. So, I need to really, um, I'm just going to jump in here talking about honoring everyone. I'm going to define the value for you today. And I'm going to uh, unveil some, you know, some tactics actually of the enemy. Because it's... Paul said, according to, you know, spiritual things, I do not want you to be unaware. And I have found that we are very unaware of the spiritual realm in the Western church. Um, it's, not a, it's not a dig. It's not an indictment. It's, a, it's an observation. Christians are some of the least spiritual people I know. Because to be spiritual is neither good nor bad. It's just connecting to another realm that you can't see. And many are connecting to another realm that we can't see through inappropriate means, mediums, things like that. Jesus said it this way, I am the door to the sheep. Anyone who goes through another way is a thief and a robber. If you don't go through the door, the flesh of Jesus ripped open for you, then you're going over the fence. You're doing an inappropriate act in the spirit. So Jesus is the only legal access point to the spiritual realm. Amen? Amen. So... In that, we need to be aware of the tactics of the enemy, right? Because if the enemy can convince you to jump the gate, you, you're going <laughs> to, come on somebody, which is possible. Has anyone been convinced of a lie ever? Anyone? I have. I'm raising my hand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. 
a couple of us. So <clears throat> when we talk about honoring everyone, we have to talk about uh, the other side of it, what it, does, what it is, what it isn't. So that's what I'm going to go through today. I'm going to say a couple things that it is, one major thing that it isn't, and we're going to have fun in Jesus' name. Amen. I need you to hear this. This is, this is tough, but I need you to hear it. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Say, Jesus is the reason. That's really good news to me because, oh, man, Caleb isn't the reason. That's how I can say things like this. <laughs> Listen, it is a main device of the enemy in this day and age. It is a main device of the enemy to get the church to stand up for truth in an evil way. It's a main device of the enemy right now in the church. That the enemy would get the church to stand up for something that's true and do it in an evil way. On Monday, we said darkness can't drive out darkness. Hate can't drive out hate. On Tuesday, on Tuesday, we said hang them in the public square for doing what they're doing. It's a main device of the enemy to get the church to stand up for truth in an evil and malicious way. We need to break that. We need to break that. So this is me. I know this next part is true because I've done it. You can be totally wrong in the way that you're right. I know that because I've been totally wrong in the way that I've been right. I've been totally right and very wrong in the way that I was right. Okay? So if I can do it, then I think you can do it, right? So... The difference about Jesus, however, is that Jesus never went there. Jesus honored everyone. He honored everyone. He honored prostitutes, Roman centurions, the occupiers, tax collectors and thieves, the poor, the sick, lepers, those caught in adultery, fishermen, stinky dudes. Let me get you on, put it on your level right now. Outcasts of society, races that were called half-breeds like the Samaritans, and even authorities, Jesus honored everyone. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to teach you the kingdom right now. I'm done with advancing church. I'm trying to advance the kingdom. Because all of the church, Chris Valton says it all the time, all of the church is in the kingdom, but not all the kingdom is in the church. So, to honor everyone, we absolutely need the attitude of Christ. And so I have for you on the screens Philippians 2, 3 through 8. And this is in the Passion Translation because it's just really on my level, and I like it. It says, we're going to put that up for you, Philippians 2, 3 through 8. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions. It's just, amen, let's go home. (laughs) I mean... There's a comma, but I'm pausing for a long time on purpose. Be free from pride-filled opinions. Put your hand on your neighbor and say, be free from pride-filled opinions. Come on. Now put your hand on your own heart and pray for the person who needs it. Be free from pride-filled <laughs> For they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. 
possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. That's the froneo crisel. It's on my wrist. The attitude of Christ. Let your mindset become his motivation. Or let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God. Yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. God honored every single person on the planet by becoming one of us. God honored every single person on the planet by becoming like us so that we could become like him. He not only became one of us, he became a servant to all of us. Not only a servant, but a sacrifice. So let's talk about a little bit about what honor is, okay? Here it is. This is, this is, (laughs) I had my team praying for me all week because I'm like, this is, uh, I'm coming with this posture of a loving father today. I'm coming as a father. And you might receive a rebuke or two today and just... Just receive it from the Lord. If it's God, take it. You know what I'm saying? Amen? Oh, man, I love making you uncomfortable, and that just happened. So I got three points for you. Number one, honor is a matter of obedience. Honor is a matter of obedience. When we dishonor anyone, we dishonor the Lord. When we dishonor anyone, we disobey the Lord. That's my point. When you dishonor any person, you disobey the Lord. How can you say something like that, Caleb? Well, it's in the Bible. First Peter chapter 2. We have it for you in the English Standard Version. First Peter chapter 2, 16 through 17 says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Wow, that's not even the Passion Translation. It's the English Standard, word for word. Honor Everyone, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Now, let's talk about some of the language. You can leave that up there because when it says honor everyone, you might have some definitions of that. But there's a thing called a Strong's Concordance and helps word studies. And it actually gives us the real definition of the original language. And to honor, the word honor used here, right there in that verse, literally means to prize like a prized possession, to fix a valuation upon, to revere, honor, or value. Helps word studies says to assign, to properly assign value as it reflects the personal esteem, the value and preciousness attached to it by the beholder. Meaning, I'm, if I'm the beholder and I'm honoring you, I would attach and I would say, wow, you're precious. Wow, you're valuable. Wow, you're amazing. So let's do that to everybody. It gets better. Wow is right. When it says everyone, the word everyone in the Strong's Concordance means all, the whole of, or every kind of. Every kind. In the Helps Word Study, it means each and every part. Parts of a totality means all in the sense of each and every part that applies. Here's my definition. Are you, you need to write this down. To honor everyone, the definition in layman's terms is to properly assign value to every kind of person. 
to properly assign value to every kind of person. In the Passion Translation, this same passage says, because it just gives us new language, in order to honor the Lord. <laughs> Hello? In order to honor the Lord, you must respect and defer to the authority of every human institution. I love y'all. I love you. Believe me, I love you. Whether it be the highest ruler or the governors he puts in place to punish lawbreakers and to praise those who do what's right. For it is God's will for you to silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what is right. As God's loving servants, you should live in complete freedom, but never use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Recognize the value of every person and continually show love to every believer. Did you read that? Recognize the value of every person. Properly assign value to every kind of person. Recognize the value of every person and continually show love to every believer. Live your lives with great reverence and in holy awe of God. Honor your rulers. Now, you might say, well, Pete wrote that before Trump was president. <laughs> I love it. You might say that before our governor did such and such. But now that they did that, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me just tell you when he said it, Okay. He actually said this under the rule of a guy named Nero. <laughs> Let me just read you a little document I found. Historical scholarly document about Nero. The guy who was the ruler Peter said to honor, to assign value to. Are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? Most of you. Okay. Nero's rule is usually associated with tyranny and extravagance. This isn't my opinion. I'm reading the, the historical documentation about him, okay? Associated with tyranny and extravagance. Most Roman sources such as Setinoius and Cassius Dio, I don't know how to say the name, offer overwhelmingly negative assessments of his personality and reign. Tacitus claims that the Roman people thought him compulsive and corrupt. Suetonius tells that many Romans believed that the great fire of Rome was instigated by Nero to clear the way for his planned palatial complex, the Domus Aurea, meaning it's called a black flag campaign where you start a fire and say it was an accident so that you can promote something and you can do something. He burned down an area with a bunch of believers in it so he could build a palace. That's what this says. According to Tacitus, he was said to have seized Christians as scapegoats for the fire and burned them alive. Seemingly motivated not by public justice, but by personal cruelty. Nero had his mother Agrippina killed for opposing an affair he was guilty of. Nero had his former freedman Anicetus arrange a shipwreck. Agrippina, his mama, survived the wreck because she's a woman, all right? She survived the wreck, swam ashore. <laughs> Just, hey, now, calm down. <laughs> She survived the wreck because, and swam ashore and was executed by Anicetus, who reported her death as a suicide. Meaning he set up a wreck, she survived it, he killed her on the beach because she survived. Listen, people, that was in 59 AD, three years before the writing of 1 Peter. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet Peter knew about Nero killing his mama. I'd be willing to bet Peter knew, no, Peter knew what Nero's public perception was. And yet he still said, properly assigned assign value to that guy. It was hard to hear now or then as well, I'm sure. <laughs> but you need to hear it. Valuing people has nothing to do with their behavior, but everything to do with their worth in God. 
to devalue. You need to hear this. Whoa. Maybe it's just online. Maybe all the other professional Christians online need to hear this. <laughs> to devalue anyone is to disobey the Lord. Mark it down. Make it plain. Run with it. To devalue anyone is to disobey the Lord. Anyone. The definition of honor everyone in this house is to properly assign value to every kind of person. That's what honor is. It's a matter of obedience. Obey or don't. Your choice. I'm not going to obey for you. <laughs> Here's what point number two, now that I sucked all the funny out of the room. <laughs> Here's what honor is not. Honor is not blind. Honor is not blind. Honor does not ignore their failures, the failures of people and act as if they can do no wrong. Honor is, it sees beyond the imperfection and focuses on the value within the vessel. Yes, I will say it again. Honor, to honor someone is to, not to ignore their failures and act as if they can do no wrong. Oh, just honor them, honor them, honor them. Don't, you know, I know they're doing that. I don't, just honor them, act like there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong. That's not what honor is. It's not blind. It sees, the, it sees beyond the imperfections and focuses on the value within the vessel. It sees beyond the imperfections in the outer and focuses on the value within the vessel. You can, get, uh, you can repent at any time. You just blink your eyes and just... <sighs> Jesus taught the people of his day to value what the Pharisees taught and their authority. He did not tell them, however, to be ignorant of their hypocrisy. There's a wonderful moment in Matthew 23. We're going to read it together. Matthew 23, verses 1 through 7. I've got it in the Passion Translation. This is one of my favorite moments because Jesus rips into the religious guys. He just really rips them a new one, okay? He sa it says, Jesus, Then Jesus addressed both, both the crowds and his disciples and said, The religious scholars and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat or throne as the authorized interpreters of the law. Did you hear that? The authorized interpreters of the law. So listen and follow what they teach, but do not do what they do, right? Do what I say, not what I do. That's where this kind of came from, I think. Do, do not do what they do, for they tell you one thing and do another. Just because you're not supposed to do what they're doing doesn't mean you don't listen to what they teach. And it doesn't mean you devalue their teachings or their interpretations or their office. It's not my opinion. They tie on your backs an oppressive burden of religious obligations. This is where G I'm proving to you honor is not blind. Jesus, ju Jesus just properly assigned value to the Pharisees. He did it. Did you hear it? Do you hear him assign value? He found the one thing he could and he pointed it out. But even more importantly, he started with honor. You might not read it this way, but that's what happened. They tie, and he goes in, he says, I'm not blind to their issues. They tie an oppressive burden of religious obligations and insist that you carry it, but will never lift a finger to help ease your load. Everything they do is done for show and to be noticed by others. This is Jesus talking. <laughs> they want to be seen as holy, so they wear oversized prayer boxes on their arms and forehands with scriptures inside, with extra long tassels on their outer garments. They crave the seats of highest honor at banquets and in their meeting places, and how they love to be admired by men with their titles of respect, aspiring to be recognized 
recognize him in public and have others call them reverend. Wait a minute, Jesus. I thought we we're supposed to honor them. I am honoring them. I'm telling you where the value is. And then I'm telling you, don't ignore the fact. Don't do what they're doing. Don't let it reproduce in you the same type of hypocrisy, but honor them. Assign value to them. Are you seeing this? Jesus assigned proper value to the Pharisees. He acknowledged their authority and instructed the people to listen to what they taught, but with wisdom and discernment, knowing they didn't do the right thing themselves. Yeah? You follow me? Another time, it's not in my notes, but another time in my mind is when Jesus had to pay a temple tax. You remember this? The fish, the, you know, I've been to that shore where Peter caught the fish, the gold coin caught in his mouth, all right? They tell, they tell God to come into your temple, you need to pay a tax. They say, sorry, God, to get you in here, you got to pay a price. And you might say, wow, that was boneheaded of them. Uh, I could explain to you how that happens every week. In, every, in order to come in here, you need to pay a price. There's a tax. There's a way we need you to come in here. Okay. But Jesus said to Peter, who pays taxes, the sons of the kingdom or the subjects? He says, the subjects. He says, but so that we will not cause offense, go to the river, supernaturally get that tax. Because it ain't coming out of my pocket. <laughs> Paying to go home. You tell me I got to pay to go to my house? Go get it from that fish's mouth, Peter. But he properly assigned value to those who were speaking to him. Oh, I need to, I need to pay to come in here? My house? Oh, okay. Fishy. There it is. Here you go. I'm in. He properly assigned value. He literally assigned value. He literally paid the price. He literally prized them. Are you hearing me? Yeah, come on. So honor is not blind, all right? That's point number two. Point number three, honor is actually a mark of wisdom. Honor is actually a mark of wisdom. When we devalue people based on their wickedness, we are not operating in wisdom. When we devalue people based on their wickedness, you, I mean, you're probably going to fight this the rest of the week. I don't care. It's the truth. When we devalue people based on their wickedness, we are not operating in wisdom. Did God do that to you? Or when we were yet, yet enemies, did Christ die for the ungodly? The spirit of wisdom was poured out on all flesh. Before the flesh did anything right. Just said yes to the Lord and pff, Holy Ghost. Wow. Daniel 1.20 actually says that Daniel was 10 times wiser than any of the magicians and enchanters in the entire kingdom. Okay, this was a wicked kingdom under Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel was with a few rulers, I understand that, but I'm just pointing out a couple. So in Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar's case, uh, you need to know Nebuchadnezzar was just as bad, if not worse, than Nero. He was a wicked dude, okay? He built a statue to himself to be worshipped, wanted to be seen as a god. He threw the three men into the furnace, you know, and there was a fourth walking up. That's Nebuchadnezzar, all right? Nebuchadnezzar, though, in Daniel 4, had a dream. He had a dream of a tree growing taller with a ton of, tall than any other tree with a ton of fruit, and then an angel came and chopped down the tree, leaving only the stump. And he asks Daniel to interpret now, many of us would say, oh, boy, here we go. The righteousness of God is about to prevail in the king's life. I'm going to give it to him. Are you following me? 
Ooh, God gave him a dream that he's a jerk. I get to tell him. I get to be the mouthpiece of the Lord and tell him he's a jerk. Listen to Daniel's response. Daniel 4, 19. It's in the ESV. I think we have it. Daniel's, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Basically saying, just tell me, bro. I know it's bothering you. Just tell me. It's okay. I can take it. Yeah, you think you can. Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. Daniel, ten times wiser. He's showing what honor is. Properly assigning value. He said, may the dream and its interpretation be for your enemies. Because he knows it's bad. All right? He interprets the dream in uh, Daniel 4.25. It says, you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you, should, you shall be wet with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time shall pass over you till you know what the most high, you know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Saying, the interpretation is this, you're going to be humbled by God, and then you'll know that God is the one who gave you your kingdom. And it happened that way. But just because it was going to happen, just because it was true that he deserved it, did not give Daniel any pleasure. Because Daniel was a man of wisdom. And honor is a mark of wisdom. It's an expression of wisdom. This isn't the only time he did it. Daniel and King Darius. Uh, you remember Daniel and the lion's den? Anybody? Yeah. Great story. <laughs> King Darius is actually tricked into condemning Daniel by those who were jealous of him. He threw Daniel in the lion's den out of political pressure. Out of political pressure from Daniel's opponents. Okay? And then... Daniel 6, 19 through 22. He said political. Verse 19. It's so funny watching your faces sometimes. Then at break of day, this is after Daniel's thrown in and it's the next day, okay? He spent all night in the lions. And then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. <laughs> the lions were doing the Daniel fast, Scott says. <laughs> that was too good to leave up on the front row. I had to push it to the back. Wow. Oh, that was good. The church version of a dad joke right there. So that was. <laughs> which I love dad jokes. I love it. Daniel, after this politician, he caved with pressure, threw him in the lines and knowing it was wrong to do. Daniel's first response after being delivered was not na-na-na boo-boo. I told you so. It wasn't ha ha ha, look at me now. The lions didn't eat me. They would have eaten you if you were in here. Ha 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 ha. You know? It's not called the Darius fast. It's called the Daniel fast. You know, he didn't do any of that. <laughs> oh, king, live forever. How many of us would respond that way to poor choices by our politicians? 
Oh, I saw it. I saw you go. (laughs) Listen, I've not been perfect at this either. I'm not preaching my experience. I'm preaching the word of God and calling myself to it. I'm with you. But here's what I'm learning. When we devalue people based on their wickedness, we are not operating in wisdom. You're operating in the opposite of wisdom. Foolishness. Spirit is stupid is what I call it. All right? It doesn't actually help. Wisdom expressed through honor is the truest form of discernment. It sees the God-given value and destiny of each person. Wisdom through honor is the truest form of discernment. People say, I got the spirit of discernment all the time, and I doubt it because all they do is defame people. If you got the spirit of discernment, you would discern God's vision for their life, God's purpose for them, and you would say things like, oh, king, live forever. May the dream and its interpretation be for your enemies because you see their destiny in God. You see beyond the outer shell of wickedness and into the vessel. You see the value in the vessel. What the vessel carries actually determines the value of the vessel. You know that? You don't want a pizza box with no pizza in it. You ain't paying 20 bucks in a tip for an empty box. Yet you exchange it for a box. Why? Because something glorious is in there. (laughs) Pizza's my favorite food. I was just... That's the example that came to me just now, all right? It's the truest form of discernment. So if you feel you have the spirit of discernment and you've not been operating in the highest level, I'm calling you into the higher level of discernment. Amen? Amen. To honor everyone means to properly assign value to every kind of person. Every kind of person. So to honor well, six things. You don't have to write them down if you don't want to, but you can. It's just a synopsis. To honor well, we must get eye level with people just like God became one of us. Not look down at them, but get eye level. Just like God did for us. We have to then go lower than them, number two, and become their servant. This is what it means to honor everyone. I'm raising up a culture of people who honor everyone. That's my mandate. Number three, we have to sacrifice ourselves for others, especially our enemies. Jump on the altar ahead of your enemy. For number four, we must be obedient to Scripture. It says it. Honor everyone. Obey or don't. Number five, we must not use people's actions as the determining factor for our honor. We can't use their action as the determining, the measuring stick for how well we're going to honor them. Honor is an inside-out job, not an outside-in perspective. Number six, we have to walk with wisdom and discernment. I have to walk with wisdom and true discernment, I would say. Here's a practical step. The next time you're aggravated by someone for doing something, ask this question. How can I assign value to this person right now? The moment you get aggravated, say, how can I assign value? Lord, show me how to assign value. Where is the one thing I can value? Where is the one thing? Show me the thing I can see in their destiny. Show me their destiny. Let me value that. Now, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to read this part. 
Here's the deal. Uh, whatever. I'm fighting myself right now because we're streaming and it's whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not the reason. I am more upset than most about the law in New York. My son was born at 24 weeks. I am. I am. But addressing, it is possible to address a wicked law without devaluing the people who signed it. I myself have had to backpedal. I'm not perfect at this. I've taken down posts. I took down a really popular post. I, put, I took down a post that had over 50 shares and 112 comments. I took it down. That's a Facebook algorithm breaking post. You understand like that? <laughs> I do this. I communicate through social media. I do this. That's a, that's a big deal. Somebody, an organic reach, that's what that's called. I read, and this, these, yeah, I am going to read them. Ah, ah. <laughs> no, because it's, it's, it's fighting a line. And if you don't know my heart, and if you don't, if you're watching online, you don't know me, you're not going to hear this very well. You're not going to understand why I'm going to say this. But if you know me, those who know me will understand. And those who have ears to hear, they will hear why I'm sharing this. No one in this room, I checked in case for some reason they're here. And this is not anyone in this room. There's no one who goes to this church. No one, anyone here would actually know. It would be very weird if any of you know these people. I'm not going to say their names or anything. But I am going to read what some Christian friends of mine posted on Facebook. And if it's anywhere near, if it strikes a similarity with you, I'm calling you to repentance. And I'm calling you to take that thing down. To take your post down. And even go a step further and apologize. quote, again, no one you know, I'm sure. It'd be very weird if you guys knew. I, I have friends all over the world. Okay, I have friends. These are far away friends. Quote, anybody, anybody that believes abortion should be allowed right up to the point of birth is one sick, cold, callous individual. You can be very wrong in the way that you're right. End quote. I, they didn't say that. I said that. Quote, whatever. You know, you get it. Quote, the demonic party has reached a new low. What the heck, other word, is wrong with you low-life, demented people, end quote. It's not right. It's disobedience. It's a lack of discernment. Ah, oh, my face is hot. One more, if you, quote, if you support the recent decision made in New York regarding abortion and when it's still okay to do it, you are part of the reason why this country is in the shape it's in. You are disgusting. You should never be allowed to vote again, and I hope you never procreate, end quote. If that stuff doesn't grieve you, you've heard nothing I've said today. These are believers. These are actually, they have followings. It's not okay. And this house will have no part in that stuff. None. Zero. No part. I'm not calling you to perfection. I'm, if, and if, I'm certainly not saying it's okay, the law and everything. 
go to my Facebook feed. You will find out very quickly I'm not okay. I, I have a petition submitted to the White House. I mean, I am all in on fighting the wicked principle of that. My son, born at 24 weeks, 1 pound 11 ounces, proves everything I need to know about the morality of surgically removing a child and ending its life. They surgically removed my child, who's in the back with my wife right now, in an attempt to save its life. So the morality of surgically removing a child to end its life cannot be discussed with me. We can have a discussion, but I ain't coming to the other side of that argument. Try all you want. Call it ignorance. I don't care. I value all human life, every heartbeat. That includes the heartbeats of the senators and people who signed that junk into law. They have a heartbeat too. You can blink and just repent at any time. Just <sighs> Honoring everyone means to a properly assign value to every kind of person. And God's first concern is not our behaviors, it's our beliefs. Because every belief, I mean every behavior is rooted in a belief. If we are going to honor everyone, we have to believe everyone is worth honoring. If we're going to honor everyone, we have to believe that God actually wants us to honor everyone. And so my case, I rest my case that God does want you to honor everyone. Listen, you can still come. You can still be a part of us if you're struggling with this or even if you disagree. I don't, honor is actually not agreement. Come to Fresh Start. I'll talk about it. Honor has nothing to do with agreement. It's not because I agree with those people. I say don't devalue them. It's because I have honor. I have wisdom inside of me that says the best path forward is to show them their value. Not to devalue and defame them. So, I'm going to have Jimmy come up and close and all that stuff. But if you, I mean, don't leave. If you got to take it down, you got to ask the Lord. You know, you got to receive the forgiveness of God. Don't beg for, for something that God already gave you. God released forgiveness. There's no reason to beg for forgiveness. There's every reason to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And this is what repentance should look like. It should be a lightening of your load. It should be wrapped in wisdom that says, here's a better way. And that's what I've attempted to do today. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.